the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again and welcome to What's the Score? That's right, folks. It is time for the show that is designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and execute it to perfection. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. In the studio with me today, once again, sitting in for the big honcho himself, Rich Jekyll, who's still, I think, in Buffalo or somewhere like that. Anyway, I, I can't even believe that anyone would spend their summer vacation in Buffalo. Come on. <laughs> it's better than spending your winter vacation there. That is true. Uh, that voice that you are hearing is none other than Dave from the, um, let's see, SCORE itself. And David Highland, is, who is the media specialist over at SCORE. And, uh, of course, you can uh, hook up with Dave if you uh, are in the media business or perhaps need a video for your business. He can help guide you through it and maybe even do it for you. David Hyland, good to see you again. It's good to be back for a second week in a row. All right. And, uh, of course, SCORE is the free mentorship program available to any entrepreneur. All you have to do is ask for their help. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in business or if you're even in business at all. If you're just getting started out, SCORE is there for you. As a matter of fact, uh, twice a month they run a great seminar called You, Your Business Idea and What SCORE Can Do For You for the people who are just getting started out. And But people who have been in business, sometimes you come up against those roadblocks and you just need a little bit of, little, well, a little bit of guidance, so, so to speak. And that's what SCORE provides. Once you get in, it is a free mentorship program. And it's real easy to access as well. You can do it the old-fashioned way by just walking in the door because they're located in the Fashion Square Mall in the National Entrepreneur Center. You can do that 9 to 4, Monday through Friday, and just sort of, you know, get acquainted but if you'd like to have a sit-down appointment, you can call them ahead of time at 407-420-4844, 407-420-4844. And, of course, you can always visit them at their website, scoreorlando.org, scoreorlando.org. And because it is a national organization with over 10, over over 10,000 volunteers, right? Yeah, well there's, over uh, yeah, and over 300 and some odd chapters all over the country. All so. over the country. That must be 11,000 by now. There's, yeah. we, we're even getting more every, uh, every, every month. Yeah. People come and say, hey, I'd like to be a SCORE volunteer. What do I have to do? Then we tell them, and they say, okay. <laughs> it's real easy to do, and you can find out all about that at scoreorlando.org. And if you want information on uh, some of those other locations or more detail-oriented templates for your business, business plans, and things of that nature, you can visit the national website, which is simply score.org. And SCORE always always has something going on over there at the Entrepreneur Center, and literally every week there's something going on, and it's something different every week, Week too. Week after week after week, we uh, we just keep piling it on for people to come out and see us. And uh, in the next coming week, uh, on the 16th of August, 
yep. is going to be uh, one of our Coffee with the Leader seminars, the breakfast seminar that starts at 8 o'clock. And those are very popular, so if you want to get in on that, you want to definitely make sure you register at scoreorlando.org. You want to register just to make sure that we have got uh, enough uh, coffee and donuts. Well, by the way, we, we've gotten smart at SCORE because, you know, if we're going to give business information, we need to uh, be smart about business ourselves. So we used to go out and get someone to bring the coffee in for us and pay them, and this would come in a box, and the coffee would be cold by the time we got it. So we invested a little bit of money into our own coffee pots. <laughs> so now, <laughs> so and, and I'm told that we actually paid off for these pots in less than two seminars. Hey, that's amazing. Now, uh, that's that's biz- good business sense there, right? And what's the breast, uh, what's, what's the uh, title of this next breakfast series uh, event? Do you know? Well, yeah. it's, Isn't it the it, labor one? Now this one is, uh, we had the labor one uh, last, uh, last week. So we're okay. going to have uh, uh, service business execution with our own Doug Ware. Now, oh, Doug yeah, Ware right. has been on the show. Yep. And Doug uh, is a former uh, chapter chair for SCORE. Uh, here in Orlando. And so that's going to be very exciting. Eight o'clock. Please register at scoreorlando.org. So we know how many people, because we've been filling up. Every one of these has been filling up. And they're just going to get better and better because we're actually recruiting now for next year's uh, leadership uh, uh, seminar series. So it's going to be really good next year as well. All right. Once again, all of these things are available at scoreorlando.org. And because they are so popular and they do fill up, you really do need to go there and register ahead of time. Uh, you can chance it by walking in, but the thing is you won't be able to get the, the information that they hand out that you can take home with you. So please pre-register at scoreorlando.org. And that's just one of the things they have going on. They have different seminars occurring all by, the time. By the way, I, uh, I didn't mention, I neglected to mention that uh, the cost of going to this seminar, uh, as well as all the Coffee with the Leader seminars, is free. Oh, not again, that big F word. The big F word. It comes around once again. All right. So uh, that's uh, coming up this week. And once again, the, that series is ongoing. Is an ongoing series. Ongoing series yeah. uh, and, and all the way through December. And then we're going to have a schedule coming out for, uh, for 2017, probably in a few months. Yep. And you can see the menu for that series. Once again, at scoreorlando.org, and you can see the other seminars that are being presented as well, because there are seminars, as I said, going on there weekly. And besides the seminars, SCORE is actually going to be exhibiting at a couple of uh, business expos in the next couple of weeks. All right. Now, I mentioned last week that we were going to be doing something with the Winter Park Chamber at the Orlando Science Center. That's on the 24th of August, and that's going to be from 4 to 7 o'clock. We are going to have counselors there actually doing live counseling on the spot, on the premises. So anybody that wants to come in and get counseling while they're at the expo can do that as well. We're also going to be... And real quickly, that's at the Science Center in Lock Haven Park right there. That is correct. Mills, the Orlando Science Orlando. Center. Yeah. Wonderful place to come down to. Yeah. So please come on down. Uh, the 24th. I hate to say it again, but that is also free. Oh, no. That means it's going to be jam-packed. Jam-packed. Now, is this something somebody needs to read? Uh, pre- this is an expo, so really you can just kind of just come well, to it and this walk is, through. Well, uh, this one will be through the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Uh, I think it's just winterpark.org, so you can register at uh, for this. And it's and it's free. Uh, we're going to also be, we're gonna be at another one uh, uh, on the 19th. Uh, of August, which is going to be the Double Tree Hotel downtown. That is with the Asian American Chamber of Commerce. We will be uh, exhibiting there. 
Now, that one, I think it, that one runs from about uh, 1.30 to 7 o'clock as far as the exhibits go. And I'm not sure if the exhibits are free or not because it's it's not our organization. Right. But they're also having some uh, a cocktail hour from 5.30 to 7.30 and also uh, some seminars. And I think you do have to pay $25 if you want to go to, to those. Okay. you got to pay for your own beer there. All right. All right, so score, as I said, they're always up to something there. And if you would like to to participate, uh, please take advantage of these things. And as David mentioned, if you'd like to be a volunteer at SCORE, you can uh, head on over to the National Entrepreneur Center or go to scoreorlando.org where you can find out the details there. And by the way, when you go to the website, you can check out the archive for these shows. And if there, are, if there are shows that you've heard in the past and you in particular wanted to hear them again because it was a particular subject matter that was uh, very pertinent to you or you want to refer other people to shows, you can find the menu right there at scoreorlando.org. And our wonderful Pat Smith, uh, who's been helping with the show to archive the uh, the various shows and actually put a little blurb on what what the shows were about and who the guests were. So that's very helpful because... Oh, absolutely. If you yeah. don't know... Uh, yeah, that cataloging... The, cataloging is important, yes. Yeah, but absolutely. it is tedious, and Pat does a wonderful job, and it's it's a lot of work for her, but she's happy to do it. Yeah, it's teamwork over at SCORE. Absolutely. All right. And today we have a guest in the studio uh, who is a spirited fellow, and uh, his name is Dan DeHart. Dan, thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm sorry? Thank you for having me. Okay. Uh, first of all, are you from around here? I am. I live in Maitland. I, I mean, did you grow up here? No, you... I did not. I, I'm actually, I grew up in Kentucky. Kentucky. So I'm, a, I'm a transplant <laughs> okay. from Kentucky uh, about 10 years ago, came to uh, Maitland. All right. Well, that kind of makes Might a little... be a connection. There. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say a little bit more sense here. Uh, Dan DeHart, uh, first of all, are you a client? Are you working with SCORE? I am not, uh, but uh, who knows, down the uh, road, I certainly may be calling on SCORE for some help. Uh, have you been in business for yourself a long time? No, I actually, uh, I've been doing this now for just over two years. And before that, I worked in uh, corporations. So this is really, um, I did do a little dabbling in small business uh, for a very short time, but I spent most of my career in the corporate at, world. In the corporate world. What made you decide to exit that world? Wow, that's a good question. I, for me personally, I've always had a strong desire to uh, be independent and and do something on my own that I could call my own, and and uh, and do something that really was uh, a passion for myself. And while the corporate road was quite honestly very good to me, uh, it was just very difficult to drive up that passion day in and day out. Right. Right. You, you got much more sort of routine that uh, you have yeah. to kind of overcome that, you yeah. know, getting stuck in it type sort of thing. Well, Dandy Hart, is this your first business? It is not. What was your first my, business? My my first business, actually, uh, payroll. You did payroll for businesses? I did. Okay. Yeah. So, so a, lot, a lot of people call that bookkeeping or book work, but uh, yeah. a lot, you know, there are a lot of businesses out there that payroll is a big hassle. It is. And you, know, you get somebody else to take care of it for them, and all they got to do is sign the papers and the checks. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So I, I did that in Kentucky for, for about two years and, and actually left and, and actually sold that uh, firm. Oh. 
Excellent. That's that's great. And uh, then did that lead you into the business that you're in now? Uh, kind of, sort of. I mean, obviously, I, I took a lot of learnings from from that prior experience. Okay. Um, but I mean, there was there was a lot of uh, I guess variables, as you could say, that led me to where I am today. Um, but uh, you know, after that business, I actually re-entered the corporate world. I was in the corporate world before that. Okay. Left, um, and was recruited down here to Florida, which is how I ended up here. Um, okay, so you came down here to work for a corporation. I did. And you did that for a while and decided that, once again, you wanted to venture out well, on your own. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the circumstances had changed. Uh, the corporate, uh, I was doing a lot of international work for this corporation, and they eventually wanted me to move uh, abroad. I see. Uh, which would have been exciting, but uh, my wife and I discussed it. We have three kids. We're pretty well seated in the Maitland community. We love it. We didn't want to get up and move. Um, so we felt, uh, this was a great time for me to, to, uh, jump off and yeah. pursue that passion I've been wanting to do, which I've been wanting to do this actually for a very long time, even before that. I was going to say, so you sort of look <laughs> back to Kentucky more I or did. less, yeah. uh, to come up with your new business and we'll tell you what that new business is and, uh, how Dan DeHart is a very spirited sort of fellow. And, uh, when we come back from the break. But uh, don't forget, uh, you are listening to What's the Score? And if you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas about the show, uh, criticisms, we'd love to hear them. Send them to us at score at nationalec.org. That's score at nationalec.org. And please don't forget to like us on Facebook as well at Score uh, Score Orlando on Facebook. Anyway, we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. Once again, I am Christopher Hart, along with David Highland of Score, and today we have in the studio with us Dan DeHart, and Dan DeHart's business is called DeHart Spirits. You can find it at DeHartSpirits.com. Am I saying DeHart correctly? You are saying DeHart correctly. But my website is not dhardspirits.com. Apologies oh, for that. It's actually... That's your email address. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It is? <laughs> uh, GranderRum.com. I was going to say, what kind of spirits are you uh, peddling here, Dan? Uh, tell us about your product. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So the uh, the name of the product is Grander. It is a rum. Um, it is a... Uh, it's, uh, it's a rum unlike any other rum out okay. there. It's right. very unique. Um, and it's um, it's a rum from Panama. So I work with a small producer in Panama who produces this particular style of rum for myself. Uh, it's aged eight years in bourbon barrels. So that is a bit of the Kentucky connection I that was I brought into all it. Right, yeah. Um, this rum is uh, uh, contains no additives, which I'm not going to bore you with the details. But bourbon, you cannot use additives. And bourbon. If you do, you cannot call it bourbon. Okay. But rum, you, you can use all kinds of additives. Don't have to really announce that to the consumer. And that's part of the, the rum production process. But this rum uh, stands on its own, meaning we don't use additives. We just let the actual craftsmanship, the aging, the production process, uh, really the quality of the spirit shine on its own. What kind of additives might normally be used for someone who would be using them in this? Uh, typically, uh, an example of additives would be coloring. So you can use coloring additives to 
darken the spirit, make it look dark. Okay. Um, you can use blending materials, which typically is uh, sh- uh, sugar. So a lot of rums actually will have sugar added to it before they bottle it to make it really sweet. And there's other flavoring components out there to to make it smooth or to adjust the flavor profile ever so slightly. But they're they're tampering with the natural aging process, so to speak. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's completely legit. Uh, right. You know, and a lot of people actually like the end result. But for me, I wanted to find really that authentic rum. Well, I was going to let, let's back up a minute. How does a Kentucky Kentucky boy end up making rum, and not bourbon whiskey, <laughs> right. right? Sipping well, whiskey. Well, truth be told, I am a bourbon lover. I I, I can't get that out of my blood. But um, when I moved down to Florida, I really was, uh, I guess, opened up to this whole world of rum that you don't see. Uh, in a lot of parts across the U.S., particularly Kentucky and right. other parts I lived. And um, I I really enjoy sipping spirits. And so I started to see some some premium rums out there that were meant for sipping. And I uh, just started experiment, experimenting with them and really was drawn to this rum uh, world that I was unfamiliar with. And uh, the more I got into it, the more I looked into it, the more I investigated I really thought there was an opportunity to do something different in that market. And that's 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 a very important point that he's making out here making here is that he's going into a market where obviously there's already a lot of competition. There's already a lot of well-established brands in this market, but he's bringing a new approach to it. And he's also recognizing the market that he's in, right David? Well, exactly. Uh, uh one of the things that I think is uh, a key to the, the marketability of this is the fact that he is making it an all-natural and marketing is all-natural to differentiate himself from other other brands. The other thing that I personally think is so cool, and I've told uh, told him this, that yeah, that bottle is one of the nicest bottles that I have ever seen uh, for any kind of liqueur. I, I mean, it's, it's just a cool, plus, plus the name of it. And I think, you know, Dan will explain why it's called Grandeur. Well, I, I want to get into all these details because, as I said, you, you stepped into a market where there's a lot of competition. Yeah, for sure. Right? And But it is a market that a lot of rum is sold in, a lot mm-hmm. of the product is sold in. And so what you have done is you've come in and you are distinguishing yourselves yourself in a number of ways. First of all, the all natural thing. Uh, obviously, that's very important to a lot of people now. Right. Yeah. For and, sure. And so you're you're separating yourself in, in that sense in that what's inside the bottle. But as David just mentioned, you're also separating yourself in the design of the bottle itself. Yeah. It was very important for me when I when I got into this. I wanted. A couple of things. One, the the packaging to stand out. I wanted to. I want people to look at it and be drawn to the look and feel uh, of the brand. Right. But number two, which ultimately is the most important, is the the quality of what's inside that bottle that in that package has to really stand out. And because I, I want somebody to buy it and actually enjoy it and feel like they got something good for their money, and then come back and buy it again. Right. Um. But then the third point, which you were also uh, hinting on, is is I, I needed to be different in my my view because it's a very competitive market, and I wanted to come out with something that really is, in my opinion, unlike many other rums out on the market. So much so that I get a lot of people say it doesn't taste like a rum to them, even though it is. It's right. just an authentic rum, and I think most people haven't had the opportunity to to try 
something as authentic as grander. Tell us some of the ways that people are getting to sample this room or try it and, and experience it. Yeah, how are you marketing it? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, I mean, I'm obviously social media is, is a great outlet for something like this, and that's just to get the name out there and introduce it to people. But I think at the end of the day, what, what is most important with my product is getting it in their mouths and giving uh, folks the opportunity to actually try it because it is so different. And and I do really well selling it to the non-rum drinker. Um, I think a lot of people have preconceived notions as to what rum is. And typically, rum is considered to be this party spirit. It's something you mix with Coke or uh, frozen daiquiris. Well, okay. That, yeah, it's usually used as a mixer. Uh, and, you know, you have the... Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the ones you know you got with uh, orange juice and other things in it and stuff like that. Tropical mix, tropical mm-hmm. mixes, I guess you would call them tropical drinks. Um, what is it? What makes a rum a rum? Why? How do you get the designation of rum? It it all starts with sugar cane. It so, has to be made out of sugar cane. Right now, there's different ways to process that sugar cane, but the the basis of the the base ingredient for rum is sugar cane. Whereas the basic ingredient for bourbon is grain? Corn. 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 Okay. Yeah, corn mash, right? Yeah. Um, so it is the base ingredient that makes the product designation. Yes. I mean, I mean, there's the, the TTB, which is the, uh, the U.S. government arm that controls labeling of spirits. They actually dictate and spell out what you can call rum, right. what you can call bourbon, scotch, et cetera. Right. Um, but but the easiest for rum is to consider it, it. It has to start with sugar cane. Now after that, many rums out there can vary from that point and how it's distilled, how it's fermented, how it's aged. And that's how you can be able to make it so unique. Yes. All right. So you you, you implemented you said uh, barrels from Kentucky. Yeah. So I, I now, are, these, are these barrels that have already been used to make whiskey? Yes. Okay. So there. So there's. Um, uh, Bourbon barrels that obviously already held bourbon. And, and so the bourbon industry, once they use that barrel, they can't reuse it. It's against, I guess, the law, so to speak, right. for bourbon. So there's a huge demand out there for these used bourbon barrels. Scotch producers will buy them and use it to age scotch. I, I know. I saw that where they're doing that in Europe now. Yep. They're, they're buying and they, and the barrels and shipping them over yep. there. And they've yeah. been doing that for a long time. Have they? Okay. Um, some rum producers equally do that. And and the rum producer I work with, it's a small outfit in Panama. They're very boutique. Uh, they only age their product in bourbon barrels, which which I liked. How did you find them? I found them through. So when I got into this, I you know jumping into this, I had very little knowledge, honestly, of this industry. Uh, so I had to. I, I did have some family and friends uh, that worked in the industry. I had to pick up the phone. And, I was going to say, do you have any them? family members that worked in the industry out in the woods in Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the moonlight. Uh, just, but, but, but yeah. So, but you didn't really have any experience yourself. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time. Uh, obviously, the internet's a great access for uh, good information and bad. But, but at the end of the day, I actually um, worked with a guy who is, uh, I guess you could call him a rum consultant. I'm not sure what he really brands himself. But the the important thing for me is he had. Uh, relationships with numerous producers and and so through him i was able to begin working and evaluating different producers out there Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I ultimately ended up in Panama because of this one individual and his connection. Uh, but it was a process of elimination for me to actually come down and find out that rum producer is who I need to align with. So he produces it according to your recipe. Uh, he produces, uh, yes and no. So he, I mean, he, you don't have to give away any trade secrets. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, he, he's very much, he's actually, he's a, he's a Cuban man that actually learned his trade at Havana club in Cuba. Okay. And he left and ended up doing his own thing in Panama, but he's very much a traditionalist of this is how you produce rum. After a certain point, though, how you take that rum and what you do with it, the, the additives being one of the examples, Okay, um, there's a lot of things you can do to it after he is done aging with it and to alter it. So um, so it, it's part his process, and it's part my, my vision of what I wanted this rum to be uh, and what it needed to stand for. So it, it's really, a, a, I guess, yeah, a, a kind joint. Kind of a collaboration. A collaboration. Uh, like we were right. talking about last week. Yeah. Once again, the, the, the lesson here is that, though, he went into a business, as I said, where there's tons of competition, and he's able to distinguish himself in that business. Now, when we come back from the break here shortly, we'll find out, you know, how successful he's been so far in cracking into that market. Uh, but uh, he makes the rum. How did you find the person who makes the uh, bottles? That, uh, well, I, so that... Because you know, this I, is a bottle that, you know, you're not going to want to throw away when you get rid yeah. of it. It is a bottle that I actually have uh, on, on display in my house. I have one of these empty bottles. So, yeah. so that is a custom bottle. Um, and uh, so finding a producer... To, to make that is it was not uh, easy by, by and, and by the way I have taken some pictures of these bottles so we'll put we'll put them on the uh, score Facebook so people can see what these bottles look like right because they are so cool and not only are they cool but the way it's designed is it's easy to hold as you pour it exactly was that thought about when you were making the bottle uh, I, I would love to sit here and say yes but <laughs> it was well, more the uh, the design element. But it, it does fit very nicely in the hands. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, so you had to find a manufacturer for that. Is, it, is the manufacturer for the bottle, did you, did you, were you able to find them here in the United States? No, no. It's, you know, the, the, the difficulty with, with glass, especially if you go custom, is typically you're going to have to order a lot of glass, maybe 100,000 units, and you're going to have to spend a lot of money out of the gate, which, which I, I, didn't, I don't have. That, that would be if you were to do it here in the United yes, States. Or even in Europe. Europe is another good choice. I see. All right. Well, when we come back, uh, we'll talk more about the product and uh, how he's doing with it in this market. In the meantime, don't forget, you're listening to What's the Score, and please tell your friends all about us, and you'll find more at scoreorlando.org. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, folks, please visit us at scoreorlando.org and like us on Facebook at scoreorlando. Rich Jekyll is still out. Uh, He should be back next week. I hope he comes back. Well, you don't like doing this? (laughs) It's fun to do it, but... uh, I always enjoy listening when Rich is on because I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> Rich says some things that are just off the wall, you got to admit. He's made for radio, isn't he? All right, uh, and uh, that is David Highland. I am Christopher Hart, and in the studio with us today is Dan DeHart, and his business is DeHart Spirits. And once again, what was the website you mentioned? Yeah, the, the website is grandorrum.com. 
GranderRum.com. Why Grander? So Grander, uh, great question. Uh, you know, I like to say this rum is grander than anything else, but Grander is a moniker for a marlin fish weighing at least a thousand pounds. So, so Granders are are incredibly elusive. They're independent. They're strong. Uh, they like to swim the the, the warm tropics. And uh, this rum, uh, to me, is uh, embodies the spirit of of a grander. It's it's elusive, um, it's independent, uh, it's very unique, and uh, it's just a, a wonderful wonderful thing. And that's why you have uh, the fish uh, on both sides of your card. Yes. Here, <laughs> um, what did you do in corporate world? So I because it seems like you're pretty savvy on marketing and branding and yeah, such. Yeah, I, I did nothing. Along those lines, <laughs> <laughs> you just natural in it. Yeah. So I actually uh, I spent most of my uh, corporate life uh, with big companies and their technology departments. Okay, and Ooh. I and I managed uh, uh, usually uh, large groups that developed software for either the company or mm-hmm. or the uh, the companies that they served. Yeah. Well, it just seems as though you're you're doing things right in terms of branding. Uh, in terms of the way you're marketing yourself. Now, you said you're using the social media mm-hmm. a lot. Are you using that exclusively to market this? Not, n- no, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. But um, it's also as simple as participating in uh, tastings at retail outlets. And that's how I met Dan, was going to one of his tastings uh, here in downtown Orlando with a bunch of blogger-type, foodie-type mm-hmm. bloggers, I guess they were. Okay, do these, do these outlets look for people like you to, to do tastings, uh, I mean, sort of bring in customers for them? I, it's, if, it, if it matches their, their you know, branding and needs, but, I mean, typically it's, it's up to me to, to uh, pursue it. Instigate it. Yeah. Instigate it. Um, I mean, liquor stores love to do tastings. Sure. Uh, so I'll do that as well. I'll okay. do uh, events. I do a lot of whiskey-based events where mm-hmm. people will pay a ticket and they can sample, you know, the bourbons and scotches, mm-hmm. and are usually and, surprised to see me there. Okay. And once again, these this technique, what he's doing, can be done with almost any product. I mean, you can do these things. You can find a retail outlet, for instance, that sells your product or specializes in your product that may want to get, may allow you to have a. Not a tasting, but a you know a little demo table yeah. or something like that. Um, it, it's but you know you have to go out there and you have to find the opportunities. Uh, when you when you do these things, do you sell a lot of product? I, I do. I mean, I sell. I mean, it, it varies because it's so random. A lot of times, depending on the format of the tasting, and if it's at a liquor store, it you know some people you know, it rains and no one shows up but um but often it, uh, yeah we we sell we go through some product and and get it out there so it's 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 rewarding to me because it it uh i guess reconfirms that i have something that's good and people want to buy it but also do the it's good for the retailer because oh, they're making money and to do the retailers then pick it up and make it a part of their uh, yeah, I mean, inventory well, they they uh they already have to have it as their inventory i see I, um you know the the controls around alcohol sales are pretty tight, so right. they they would have already bought it, but they love for me to come in to help move the product. So it, it helps them, uh, but it also helps me get my product out there because chances are, uh, with a new brand, it's so competitive. It's how do you just get something in front of someone who may like your product? It's going to take some shoe leather. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
You mentioned um, the licensing. Uh, what did you have to go through to be able to produce and sell this product? So the uh, uh, a couple of things. One, the the producer themselves actually, even though they're out of Panama, they have to be uh, uh, licensed F- here in the United States. Yes, they? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. FDA approved. Right. Um, but for me, the biggest part is to get approval from the TTB, which is Ooh. the TTB. Um, and that's the government arm that controls all labeling of spirits for the United States. Okay. And they define what's acceptable and not acceptable. But so you that's have to not the then TTB doesn't stand for the teetotalers <laughs> yeah. bureau or something, right? No. Okay. But they ultimately you submit your your labeling to them and they'll come back and either reject it or approve it. So that is uh, step one. And then after that, you, you have to register in each individual state that you're going to sell the product. Um, you have to sell it to a distributor. Uh, so there's there's a three-tier system in place for the control of alcohol in the states. So I have the, I'm the supplier. I sell to the distributor who sells it to the retailer who sells it to the consumer. All right. And the, these this is stuff that you obviously needed to find out about. Yeah, exactly. How did you go about find, discovering these things? You know, a, a combination of a couple of things. One, spending a lot of time on, on the computer just investigating. There's so much information out there. But, but more importantly... Uh, just trying to um, make connections with people, um, and uh, and whoever would be willing to talk uh, to me. So uh, whether it was you know spirit related industry people, and just reaching out to them. You know, I find if you're willing to reach out to them, more times than not, people are more than happy to talk to you. Sure. And and impart knowledge and advice, and that right. that really was the biggest one is getting out there. And seeking people who could spend time with me and answer questions and give advice. Right. So you went through this uh, whole process. You got everything set up. And when you got the first batch, what did you think? Well, I mean, I'm completely excited. Uh, you know, it, it, but it was <laughs> the first uh, the leg of a, a, a big, long journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I realized that. Um, so when I got the first product, uh, the next thing is finding a distributor who actually will pick it up. Um, and in some states, it's been, I'm only in four states right now, Florida obviously being my right. big state. Right. Um, but I'm in Kentucky and Tennessee, which are not traditionally rum states. Right. In uh, Texas as well. But um, finding a distributor and, and then uh, coming to the realization that because I'm a small brand, that the distributor really is uh, going to only do so much for you. Uh, they're going to spend probably more of their time Focusing on the big brands that are really bringing in the cash flow for them. Right. So ultimately, what that means for me is I have to be the one really selling the product, um, even though the distributor does have sales force. But it's going to be up to me to, to pound that pavement, get it out there, and, and bring on whether it be brokers or other folks to help me sell the product. And once the demand is there, then the distributors will be a lot more uh, prone to, yes. to get, it, get it out there and uh and I'm thinking California is a big state for rum, so that's a state that I think uh, probably need to look at. Making my way towards the west. Yeah. And, of course, I guess Puerto Rico would be uh, <laughs> sort of, if you could really get crack the market there, you'd yeah. really prove yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a whole world. Well, they have their own rum world there. So that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a, kind of exclusive. Um, how successful have you been? Uh, you know, that's a, I mean, I, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And maybe that's because uh, I'm always going to be the, the hardest on myself. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased. I mean, 
the product has been in the market for one year. And so I'm very pleased with how the first year has gone. Um, I definitely would have loved to have sold more, but, sure. but I think he wouldn't. Exactly. Um, but, I, but I'm very happy with the traction that I'm, um, I'm gaining, but, but I'm also learning a lot. So year two, you know, I'm going to take my learnings and, and uh, work those out. And it, it's a continuous opportunity for learning where, where the opportunities are, learning from my mistakes, and, uh, and forging ahead. Did you finance this yourself? Uh, the majority is financed to myself. I have a couple of, uh, I don't know if you call them friends, family, or fools, but um, <laughs> but I got a couple of people um, that um, uh, have also uh, contributed. Um, but I, I had a, a lot of people interested in wanting to take an equity stake. A lot of people get excited about spirits. Uh, the multiples are high if, if you do hit one out of the park. So a lot of people are excited. Uh, I wasn't ready to do that um, for a number of reasons, and uh, but... Uh, depending on where I want to take the brand, I, I may be looking for capital down the road to to um, uh, hit it out of the park, you know, to help me from that sure, perspective. Sure, sure. So we might see you on the Shark Tank one day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least uh, at the next Biz Fest for our Pitch Fest, because uh, this would be certainly a, new, a unique product uh, for us to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you allowed to store it yourself, or do you have to have special storage facilities? Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, it's it's all controlled. So when I brought it, when I bring it in to the states, uh, it goes into a bonded warehouse, which means I have not paid federal excise tax on it yet. Yet, and then once I do, I can move it to a non-bonded warehouse. But I, I can't. Uh, I'm not licensed to to warehouse that myself. So it's again under a, a facility that has a license and permit to to actually house uh, liquor. Um, and so so in theory, I don't touch it. Um, it, it goes then to a distributor, and then and then I'm able to withdraw uh, samples from the distributor. Who, by the way, I pay back for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, as, as I said, you know, there this particular industry, there are a lot of regulations, and you have to do a lot of homework out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you don't want to get yourself in trouble or, or spend money you don't have to spend, and or find yourself in a situation where you got product somehow tied up that you can't sell. Right. And uh, those things, all those things can happen. And so you've you've worked your way through it yourself. Yeah, I you know just um, I, I did, and it's it's. But uh, I have to call out. I actually hired a, uh, a I call it a back office company, but they do importing and logistics, and they specialize in alcohol. So I actually hired them to to help manage that. It, it, honestly, it's something I could probably, if I invest the time, I could figure out and do myself. But then it takes away my time to market and promote the product, which is where I need to be. Okay. All right, we'll uh, talk about where you're at and where you want to go from here when we come back. Once again, we're talking with Dan DeHart, DeHart Spirits. You can find him at GranderRum.com. And everything that he's talking about here can be applied to almost any industry or any, any, any product. Because what he has done is, this is once again, he's, this is an age-old product with a lot of competition and well-established brands out there. And yet he's cracking into this market and making a, making a place for himself. And as he said, this, this, there's a high profit margin to this product. If, if it takes off, it could be a very lucrative business. And once again, these type things are out there. They're opportunities. 
and they're right there. You just have to have the creative mind, if you will, the entrepreneur spirit to see it and take advantage of it like Dan has done. Okay, we'll be right back in a few seconds here with more of What's the Score? So please stay with us and don't go away. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And once again, folks, I just want to remind you that radio is still one of the most effective ways available to build name recognition for your product. And you can do it a couple of ways. You can do it either by advertising on, on radio. You can sponsor radio shows. And, of course, you can have your own radio show like this one right here. And if you'd like to explore the world of radio on one of the most powerful AM stations in Central Florida. As a matter of fact, there's four of them here at the Salem Media Group. Then call Bill Files. He's the station manager here for Salem Media. You can reach him at 407-618-1760. And he'd be glad to take you and show you around the state, the studios here and explain how easy it is to be on the radio and have your message getting into the ears and the heads of the people that you want to hear it and think about it. Uh, once again, his name is Bill Files, 407-618-1760. And don't forget, folks, radio is still one of the most effective ways to get your message out there. And by the way, News Talk Radio is still the most listened-to radio format in the country. That's why you hear more and more FM stations doing more and more talking and less and less playing music. All right. Speaking of music, uh, we got the guy here. You got the product to go with the music and uh, the party and then just sitting back and sipping. And uh, we're talking with Dandy Hart, and his product is Grander Rum. Do you just have the one product at this point? Yes, I have uh, the eight-year-old product. And um, I'm actually working with my producer right now to possibly make another release or two releases in addition to the eight-year-old next year. Now the grander name, and with especially with the, the tie-in with the grander Marlins, uh, is uh, a great brand. Are, are you going to stick with that and call them like Grander Two or Grander Three, <laughs> or how are you going to yeah, work that out? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep with the uh, the grander name, and I mean, this is grander eight year old. So, you know, if I do a twelve year old, I'll probably have a twelve year old. Uh, you know. But but the grander name, yeah. I mean, the, the the brand image I'm trying to project here. I want to keep consistent, uh, the storyline consistent. But I want to be able to offer a variety of products. Right. Again, while keeping that uh, that core set of what grander represents. And, and of course, for this particular type of product, the name is very important. Yes. Right. Yep. Because that's. I mean, that you know, it, it becomes the product itself in a way. And this is why you'll see. Uh, for instance, Johnny Walker has red and black. Right. Jack Daniels has black and green. It's because that name is what people want. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And so uh, why do you use a cork? I, I, for me, so this is, I'm trying to project that this is a, a, a quality, high-end spirit. And um, for me personally, I like to see uh, quality, high-end spirits uh, corked. I think it's a, a nice touch. Um, it's just another piece to bring in a, the total package of what this represents. And it's a, it's a quality spirit that is meant to be sipped and savored and enjoyed. And I think cork is part of that experience. 
You know, we're coming up, uh, it won't be long now before we'll be in the gift giving season. Uh, is that going to be, has, was that last year? And is that sort of one of the focuses that you're trying to go for with this too? Is that it would be a great gift giving? Yeah. I mean, you know, abs- yeah. And it's, yeah, they call it OND, October, November, December. That's the big time of year for spirits. I think that's the biggest time people right. are purchasing spirits and primarily for gifts. Um, and this is a this is a great opportunity to get someone you know who has everything. You're, they want to try something different. So, you know, the gift idea uh, is certainly right up in that alley. Um, but also, you know, it just it represents a, a good time for people to try new things and and give something out um, that that could be exciting. Well, you have a gift box or a special way of packaging the yeah, I, already yeah. nicely packaged bottle, right? <laughs> Well, it, it's funny. Um, so I'm not going to actually this year. I certainly won't have a gift box or or anything along the lines with that. But I, I, I think, as you put it, the the bottle is is nice on its own. And the bottle think, is terrific, and I, mean. I really don't want to take away from that. Okay. Once again, we're talking with Dandy Hart, and uh, he has ventured into the business world, uh, this time into the spirit world, so to speak. And uh, you can find him at GranderRum.com, GranderRum.com. And this this particular product line, um, once again, there's a lot of competition out there, and you're really setting yourself apart. Uh, do you think that... Uh, that there's going to be room for this in a, in a, in a like this is a rum. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's room for what you're trying to do amongst the bur- bourbons, the scotches, uh, other <clears throat> type things? Yeah, that's well, you know, bourbon is king right now in the industry. It's bourbon is so hot. Um, so I, I think rum has um, it, it's it, it's interesting because rum, even though rum overall is so a lot of rum is sold in the U.S. Um, a huge volume, but it's mostly at the value level. You know, the, the the clear rums, the spice rums, and and most of Americans don't really understand a rum like this. You know, an aged sipping rum. People don't think of rum that way. So that part of the rum uh, market actually has been growing in the U.S., but it still pales in comparison with bourbon and scotch. So bourbon and scotch is they're king right now. Uh, but this side of the rum category, the, the premium sipping rums are growing. And, of course, I would love nothing more than it, that category to take off and people really to discover it, appreciate it, and start demanding it. Do you go to restaurants around town and try to get them to put it in their stock? I do, yeah. Are they open to, to that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I find most restaurants are, are, are open. They don't always take it. And, and again... They're they're trying to assess their clientele and and what they're doing. So sometimes it's not the right fit. Uh, other times it's a, a great fit, and other times uh, the restaurant they want to they, they want to give it a run and see what they can do with it. So, but I, I do find um, more times than not uh, the retail outlets are um, are usually open to to try new products. All right. And once again, in this is a lesson for you out there. Let's say you've got a better ice cream or a better frozen pizza or something like that. You, you know, these once again, these this is a market that there's been a lot of competition and a lot of big brand names. And yet you're cracking into it and finding success. 
So it is it, he, what he's showing is that it can be done. What you do is you come up with a distinct product, in this case a superior product, and you package it so that people are going to want to touch it or hold it or pick it up. And um, you uh, you get out there and you, you put the foot, the, the you know, the footwork, to, you know, the shoe leather to use, and you, you start, you know, getting this thing out there where people can actually taste it, touch it, or whatever. I had, uh, if I, if you don't mind me adding, I had um, one person at a big spirit company tell me that big spirit companies, and this is probably true for a lot of big companies, they don't innovate. Right. They don't come out with the new products. And it's it's the entrepreneur that is coming out with the new products. And so for them, it's a lot of companies, they realize that that's not their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that was good to hear. Um because I think for entrepreneurs, there is an opportunity out there. And, of course, you know, I understand there's there's a lot of folks out there that fail, but there's certainly folks out there that succeed, and you'll never know until you try. Well, we've seen great explosion in the craft uh, beer industry, especially here in the Central Florida area. I mean, we have more craft breweries now than we had five years ago. Sure. And uh, it's, it's just a, an opportunity to show a product that is is not the common product. And, of course, then the, the thing for Dan is to make people aware of that and expose it as much as possible. Yeah. Well, you can look at the uh, the drink industry, and I don't mean the spirit-type drinks. I mean Coca-Cola and the sport drinks and things like that. Coca-Cola didn't develop, you know, these other drinks. They they buy them. Right. Yeah. Right? They, they buy them from the entrepreneur who builds it up, Monster or whatever these drinks are. Uh, but the, 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 as you said, the big corporations do not tend to innovate because they've got a product. They see this works. It's worked. It's working. Why reinvent the wheel? And so they kind of have to be, you know, sort of pushed or dragged to new products. But when they see that a product is that the public like it, and that uh, it could fit with their product line somehow, they'll buy it. And they can make you very rich very fast uh, in that case. Of course, you've already put in a lot of hard work to get to that point, but it it, it could be a qualitative leap overnight. Especially if you get some influential people that really uh, like it and uh, can spread it out. I mean, someone that is an influencer, just a few people have to like it, and spread the word out, and then it could just take off like wildfire. Yeah. So we hope that your product takes off like wildfire. Well, thank you. And um, look forward to tasting some. Not right now, but uh, <laughs> certainly uh, look forward to uh, sampling the, 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 the spirit, so to speak. Dan DeHart of DeHart Spirits. You can find him at granderrum.com. And uh, if you have someone who uh, likes this sort of thing, of course, you can find it there and uh, get it as a gift for the gift-giving season, and I'm sure they will appreciate it. And uh, how did you price it? Did you you price it uh, along the lines of the higher-end rums? Yeah, it's uh, so I, I, it's, uh, it's a premium rum. It's priced, you'll typically find it on the shelf between, I would say, twenty nine ninety nine to mid-30s. And it really just depends on the store selling it. So I can suggest a price to the distributor to the store, but ultimately it's going to be based on their store, their margins. But that's typically where you're going to find it. And that's a that's a competitive price for a, a premium spirit, uh, aged like it has been and, and what it represents. And ideal for that gift-given budget, too. 
All right. Well, Dan, we wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, we'll look forward to perhaps hearing from you in the future, and, and hopefully you're, you're flying high. Thank you. No pun intended. (laughs) In the meantime, don't forget to go to scoreorlando.org and find out everything that SCORE's got going on. Once again, the breakfast series are going on. You have seminars going on all the time and other events like the expos coming up as well. Expos are good to come to because you can uh, not only interact with uh, us at SCORE, but other businesses uh, in the community as well. So uh, I think at the Winter Park uh, Chamber, they're going to have about 50 businesses uh, exhibiting there besides us. And it should be fun. All right. So come on out. Check it out. That's scoreorlando.org to register for all these events. Not in the expos, of course, but for the seminars and the breakfast series. And, of course, you can find the archive of these shows there as well. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Score Orlando. Dan, do you have a Facebook site? Yes. Which is? Grander Rum. Grander Rum on Facebook. Couldn't, couldn't be simpler. There you go. All right. This <laughs> That's guy part of the branding is That's to keep right. everything consistent. He's got his branding down. He's got his marketing down. And he's got his product down. Well, not literally speaking. But uh, anyway, thanks again, Dan, for being with us. And uh, don't forget, folks, we'll be back here next week with more of What's the Score. So please tell your friends and family all about us. And until then, we want to thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.